This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Hour number two of Orange Nation underway on ESPN Radio. We'll get to Jared Diamond here in about 15 minutes. He covers Major League Baseball for the Wall Street Journal, but we continue the SU basketball talk and something we've been trying to get to for the last couple of days. We're going to get to it right now. Seth, you've put together your report card for each SU basketball player and and Jim Beheim as well. So I'm curious to to hear what uh, what you have in store for us. All right. You want to list off the? Who do you want me to start with? I'll uh, let why you don't we start? Order. Why don't we start with Tyus? I gave him an A. What is there to complain about? Average twenty points a game. Played nearly every minute. Second team All ACC. Uh, nothing to. I, I don't think there's much of anything to nitpick at for him. Nothing to argue with there. Uh, Frank Howard. Uh, B plus. I thought he was real. Again, played a really solid season. Uh, you know, had had some turnover issues early. Uh, but kind of straightened it out, made some head-scratching plays that might have bothered you, but all in all, well above average. And, uh, you know, again, played every mi- nearly every minute of every game. O'Shea Brissett. Uh, I give him the same B+. Plus. I-, I think he far exceeded, I-, I think he exceeded what we probably thought he would do. Uh, near double-double average, uh, playing nearly every minute. It's hard to- hard to knock him too much. It's hard to get an A in your class. Must be. What else could he have done? I don't it. know. All right. Should, I had him at, as an at an A minus. Is that should I should I leave put him back in an A minus? I was thinking both him and Howard would be A minus. Okay. But that be uh, splitting hairs between A minus and B plus. Okay. But that, that's fine. You're just you're you're a tough grader. I'm a tough I'm a tough grader. Um your about, students wouldn't like me. How about Pascal Chuku? I gave him a B minus. I thought he was great defensively. I thought there was something there to be desired, uh, you know, offensively. Uh got into foul trouble, especially early in the year. Uh, but when Sidibe was out and he had to play 30-something minutes, he did it. And and I think that you have to give him credit for that. Merrick Dolajai. Uh I gave him a C plus. I thought like overall in the year, like above average. And and I know that uh the the gap to where we what he did versus where we expected would probably result in a a higher grade for him. But kinda overall, like he was an above average player. You know, averaged a couple points, a couple rebounds, a couple assists. Did a little bit of everything for you. You think I have him graded way too low? Well, not way too low, but to me, average. And I know, like C, C for you is an is average. average. Yeah, I feel like you know B is like, you okay. know, like yeah, he was you know he was better than expected. But all right, so you went? Would you you went C I plus? Went C plus. Okay, again, tough grader. Um, Matthew Moyer. Uh, I give him a D plus. I thought he was below average. I, I thought he really struggled. Uh, and then he gets hurt and he didn't get his starting spot back. Uh, I thought it was a tough year for Matt Moyer. What about Barama? Uh, incomplete. I don't know that we really got enough of him as a healthy player. Uh, when he was healthy, I was really intrigued. I thought he gave them something offensively that Pascal didn't. Uh, but he got hurt so early, and and I think you could tell it was nagging him the entire season. Could you have said the same thing about Matthew Moyer? I don't know. The injury happened later. The injury happened so much later that like it, even before he got hurt, I'm like, what was he doing? You know, I, I'm not sure. He had that one game. And outside of that, it was very eh. So I, I don't think so. Um, I think that he at least deserved to get graded. Okay. No, that's fine. I'm just I'm I'm asking some questions as you go through this. Uh, you you also graded Geno Thorpe, right? Yeah, he got an incomplete. You don't just give him fair. an F. He just he quit. <laughs> like that that doesn't get you an F. He 
He got in before the the ad drop deadline, Steve. Yeah, he as, dropped. As you so, know, yeah, he got in before the ad drop deadline. So he doesn't uh, even so need he an got incomplete. incomplete. He he dropped. He dropped the course. So you don't even have to grade him. Uh, and I I feel like I probably know where you're going with this, but would you give Jim Beheim? I gave him an A. Uh, have to. Yeah, I, I don't think there's much of an an option here. I, I think the year that that he had and getting this team to a Sweet 16, getting this team to the tournament, I, I think was very impressive. How about the team's performance? Like the team, you you gave them individually, but if you had to grade the team on this season, this is tricky because this is tricky. You know, because the Sweet Sixteen would they get were, you up there. You know, borderline NIT. You know, again, then they get in, and you know, if Shannon Evans hits a three, then they they don't even make it out of Dayton. But then they go on this run, and it was a remarkable run. Obviously, um, how do you grade the team? Uh. Is like a B, B minus fair. They were. I think it's okay. higher than that. You think? I, I do. I, I don't know. I don't know what to do with them because for most of the year they weren't that good. They were and, like a student, <laughs> but that, they weren't that good a team. They're like a student that you know was doing okay during the course of the semester. You know, getting eighties or whatever, and then just and then just nailed the final. Right, they just went. They just they ninety five on the final, aced it, and that 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 brings it up. And you know how like there's the the comment section on the report cards. Like you know, I've got obviously I've got kids, so like my son's in sixth grade, and it's yeah. like you know his work ethic and whatnot. Their work ethic was like through the roof. Like one scale of one to five, they they get fives do they across give the board like, with work ethic. Do they ethic give like and, actual comments on your? Yeah. Or, okay, because my my high school they gave us, and I, I know. Yeah, your son's not in high school yet, but in my high school, they had it number coded. Okay, so they were all just like generic comments. So it was like thirteen was on everyone. It was like shows up for class every day. (laughs) You know, this team showed up, and they they did more than that. They put in maximum effort. So I think that's worth something. Um, I like to say a B or B minus. I think that's a little a B. I think eh, I could live with a B. I'd say B plus. Okay, they nailed the final, and their work ethic was through the roof. They did. They did nail the final. They started out strong. They dipped in the middle a little bit. A lot. Hit the final. Yeah. Nailed the final. They were like the A student that got complacent midway through the year. See, they and- weren't though. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is not they were not an A student. They were a student that that had to work really hard to get so, to so get the good saying, grades. So what you're saying is they were really like a B student, but they but they but they overhit they overachieved. early. And then they had like the regression to the mean in the middle and they like started getting like C's and then at the end they hit the final and they get a B. Yes. Okay. They worked really hard for the grades they got. So I'll say B plus. Okay. It's a year that I, I think we will look back on fondly. We meaning, you know, media, fans, community. I think, I think one, you know, several years from now we'll look back on this year fondly. I think we will because of the tournament run. No doubt. No doubt. Like, I'm not sure how this team would have been looked back on if not for the tournament run. If they went to the NIT, I it think would have been like, just kind eh. of been forgotten. Well, it would have been, look at how many things went wrong, and that was the year, you know, that they were... It was rebuilding to some degree, waiting for you know for that great recruiting class to come in. It would you know obviously they had reasons why they lost so many games, and and you expected them at the beginning of the year to be a team that you know either snuck into the tournament or made it to the NIT. And as Donna said, they finished kind of where we where we thought they were picked tenth in the ACC. That's essentially where they finished. They got the eleven seed, but they were tied for tenth. Um, they, they did about what you expected them to do in the regular season, and then they overachieved in the postseason. Yeah, that 
That's exactly what happened. Yeah, so I don't think we would have looked, like, if they made it to the NIT, I don't think we would have looked back and been like, ah. No, I think it would have, it would have been, been like, largely well, forgotten. Right, that, <laughs> there was a lot of factors that yeah. went into it. They had a lot of, they caught a lot of bad breaks, they had injuries, they had defections, um, you know, that, yeah, it was just, it was, it, it was, was one, there. it was one of those years. But like, it, the, the be, run changed the narrative. Right, you know, like, at least last year, that team went to the NIT, and you you might look back at some point and be like, oh, remember that night in the Dome when John Gillen hit the buzzer reader? Like, I, I don't think there was one of those standout moments in the year uh, let alone three that Syracuse had last year. So I'm not sure that like anything really would have been remembered other than like, yeah, that team tried a lot. Yeah. But the narrative changed yes, over the course of totally. two weeks. We do need to take a time out. We're going to change subjects when we come back. Major League Baseball season opens up tomorrow. We'll talk with Jared Diamond. He covers Major League Baseball for the Wall Street Journal. We're back after this on Orange Nation. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. See, Seth, I handed you the binder before we started, so you had to still find a way to screw up the segment. Our take on Thank the you. Top stories. I forgot it's I took the rejoin out and then hit the Orange wrong Nation. one. Excuses, excuses. I had a feeling it was going to be wrong. Sorry. It's brought to you every day by Grossman St. Amore CPAs, and uh, we welcome in our producer, Max Brigandi. Hello, guys. Hello, Max. Uh, so the NFL's been busy this week, making a lot of rule changes. They made another one today, a little unexpected, uh... They make a rule change lowering for lowering head the hang on for lowering the player's head to initiate contact. They're either going to be DQ'd or penalized 15 yards, depending on I'm assuming first offense and, and severity on, of it. And this is on offense and defense. This is for linemen, yeah. tacklers, and ball carriers. Uh, according to NFL research, nearly one out of every two helmet to helmet hits caused a concussion in 2017, up from one from one in about every three from a 2015 study. So, what is the effect that this is going to have on the league this year? I'm not one of those people who's like, "Hey, you're wussing up football," uh, but I hate this. You I know, like I'm not, I'm not one of those people who's like complaining when they make the game safer because I think it's for the better. Um, I think this is going to have some problem. I think this is going to create some problems for football. Uh, you're not allowed to lower your head. Uh, you know, think about, look at almost any tackle where I know you're lowering your shoulders, but you can make the argument that they're lowering their head. You know, look at a running back as he's trying to fight for that extra inch. And, and I know you're, you're again, you're lowering your shoulder, but you can make the argument on almost any of those that you're lowering your head. I, I think this is going to cause some real problems. It's going to lead to more judgment calls. Uh, I, I hate this. I, I think it's I think it's going a little bit too far. Penalize the egregious stuff. You know, flag guys, give them fines, take yardage, DQ them, whatever. I, I don't think it's worth it to do it for this. Do you think that the college game is taking it too far? With the immediate ejection, I mean, isn't this for essentially what that is? No, it, I, I don't think so. Isn't isn't that you know targeting to the head or neck and launching yeah. yourself? And like this sounds like if you're a running back and you well you, know, you dip down. You, I tend to you, say you let's run see, the risk of let's you see run the risk enforced. on on getting you know, I, I, a flag. I don't think they're going to throw a flag for a running back lowering his shoulder and trying to pick up a few extra yards. I think this is no, on but doesn't par this with, open with the, the college rule? It's a little more severe than the college rule, isn't it? I, I, I think I, I don't so. Know. We'll have to see how it's enforced. I, I mean, mean, maybe the language of it suggests that it's a little bit stronger than the college rule. Um, let's see how it's enforced. Yes, if if you start penalizing running backs for trying to pick up an extra yard, then yeah, that might be a problem for the game. I I tend to think that this is just 
a way to say you're making the game safer and then well no i think you would be making the game safer you want to guard against concussions you want to guard against helmet to helmet contact i'm just trying to envision how it's going to be enforced do i let's put it this way do i think they're going to throw out a running back for lowering his shoulder and trying to pick up an extra yard and he's going to get dq'd for that not even a little bit no uh do i think occasionally maybe there's going to be a flag thrown on a play like that maybe um let's see how it's enforced but i'm all for making the game safer um, I am too. I'm just worried that they're gonna th- the ju- the leaving this open to some judgment calls is gonna lead to flags on plays that probably shouldn't be flagged. You think that? It like could I do lead- think it's gonna lead to oh you you led with your head on a tackle that was a clean tackle. Well, it's a complete change in technique for how you go right. about tackling someone now. So couldn't this just ultimately lead to more lower body injuries, knees being sure. blown out, ACLs, ankles? Doesn't this ultimately though? Help, help the tackler, isn't it? Isn't it make it safer for the tackler, opposed to lead? Like you're not supposed to lead with your right, head, right? So this is this is looking out for everyone. It's suppo- yes, it's it's a health thing, and I, I again, I'm all for making the game safer and and better for that the the players. But I'm concerned as to how it's going to be enforced. It'll be very interesting. Yeah. I think you're worrying before you need to. I want to see how it's enforced. Yeah, but I'm so do I. Concerned. But I, I don't think you need to. I don't think they're going to start throwing a flag on every play. I would hope not. But like in theory, couldn't you? Well, in theory, you could throw a flag on every play for holding. Sure, uh, but they don't. Right. So, like, it's going to be one of those ticky tacky. I'm, yeah. I'm all for making the game safer. And again, this has the best interests of all the players in mind. You know, the the defensive players included. So. I'm completely on board with it. And, you know, yeah, if they start enforcing it a little bit too much, then, you know, then we can discuss it. But I think for now, for the for the NFL to take a stronger stance on these things, I'm I'm all for that. Fair enough. And we'll move on to the MLB with uh, opening day looming. Shoni Otani, have you heard in my update, Stephen Seth and whoever's listening, uh, is going to make his pitching debut Sunday against the A's after having a horrid, horrid spring on the mound, posting an ERA of 27 Nine hits, nine runs, two and two-thirds innings pitch. He wasn't very good at the plate either. No, he, he, he was did not four have a good for 32 spring. with 10 walks. Not good. Uh, in his finer minor league tune-up, um, he struggled with his command of his fastball, walked five guys, hit a batter, and had two wild pitches. Are they setting him up for failure a little bit here by not sending him down to the minors and designating him down and just kind of throwing him out there against the A's on Sunday? I don't think they can send him to the minors. And I don't mean that, like, literally. Like, I don't mean that he's not allowed to be sent to the minors. I don't think they can send him to the minors, though. Um, I, I don't I don't know how that will be portrayed, you know, in, in you know, whatever media in, in Japan and, and whatever media here. And I think there was so much hype surrounding him that I think he's got to at least start the year in the majors and then prove that he can't perform. You know what I like? I, I think that there's, I, I think they've got to at least allow him to prove that he can or can't perform in the majors in real games. You know, before they send him down, I think that there's a, a major adjustment to be made in you know pitching style from the Japanese league to to here. I think there's a major change in hitting from Japanese league to here. Uh, I don't know how it'll play out. I'm curious to watch it play itself out because if it works, I'm. I'm all for this happening in you know more in the future. I think it's the way that teams are going to go trying to get two-way players, but you need somebody to do it first. Um I hope it works. I don't I but yeah, they they might be setting him up to fail, but I don't think they could have sent him down out of the gate. 
My fantasy draft is Saturday. We're not going to get to see him pitch until Sunday. It depends what, but it depends what what fantasy service are you using? It's ESPN. Okay, because I think uh, it's head to head, not a roto league. But I think ESPN is one of the ones that you have one player, and he is both the pitcher and the hitter. Well, you get credit for both in Yahoo that I've got a league on. It is two guys. You can draft him only as a hitter, and you can draft him only as a pitcher. Neither one's really worth having, but together they. It's intriguing, be. right? It's intriguing because yes, the sa- in, for in the, the same ESPN, reason, ES- for the same reason, it's intriguing in real life, right? In the ESPN league, he gets credit for both, so it's intriguing. It's, in, it's intriguing, um, yes. but I think his his stock is dropping from a fantasy perspective. Anyway, <laughs> after the spring he had, I mean, that you was don't, you abysmal. don't know what to expect. You, you really don't, know don't. What to expect. And Seth, I see. I completely agree with what you said about the hype, and I think it would be difficult for them to send him down straight out of spring training, but ultimately, I think you got to do what's best for the team, and especially what's best for his development, being as young as he is, and you've seen people come into the majors like Cameron Mabin and struggle, and come in too soon, play every game and struggle and continue to struggle, and now he's finally 10 years in, about 30 years old, because he came in when he was under 20 and was really hyped. And he struggled for the first 10 years of his career because they wouldn't give him the luxury of sending him down to AAA and getting the development I'm not needs. disagreeing so, with you, but I, I No, just, I know. I, I, I agree with what you I said about the hype. I don't think they can actually... Like, I don't think they can actually it send him down. It would be like the Lakers drafting Lonzo Ball and, and before he plays D-League. a single game, yeah. sending him to the G League. Well, and no, you, and, and it's even, no, it's even worse than that. He was playing professionally in, in the next best league in the world. Yeah. I'm just saying in terms you know, of the like, hype situation, though, it's like, you know... I mean, sure, you're, you're, but... Your marketing him is, you know... He's going to be the next, you know, face of the franchise, right. and, and so I mean, on look, and so I, forth. He was playing in the next best professional league in the world, which like people consider better than AAA, but not quite the majors. So I, I like for that reason alone, I don't think that they could have really sent him down. Like I think it would have been seen as such a sign of disrespect that they sent him down. And when you look at the Japanese players who have come over, for the most part, they've just gone straight into the majors, struggles or not. And they've come in and, you know, they've done whatever they've done. Uh, I, I think that they, that they, they, you know, I think that their hand was a little bit forced with the the bonus they gave him and, you it's know, all the same to thing. Keep him up it's here. all PR. It's all yes. the same yeah, thing. Exactly. So, I mean, I mean it, Yes, I, I agree with you, Seth. I think it's it's many factors, but it's all the same thing. It's PR. For PR purposes, they cannot send him down. He's got to start the year in the majors. I agree with that. All right, the MVP race is heating up in the NBA with the season coming to a close, and LeBron James has gone public and saying he would vote for himself for MVP. His numbers with the Cavs this season compare favor, favorably with his five-season run between 2009 and 2013, where he won four out of five MVP awards. His averages then were 27.8 points per game, 7.6 rebounds, and 7 assists on 52% shooting, playing 38 minutes. This season's numbers, 27, 9, and 8, shooting 55%. The, the thing that strikes me about this is that you know, during those years you mentioned when he was winning it every year, the he Cavs be, were bad. Well, no, and but, then he was on the Heat. The, the thing that that stood stood out to me is that during those years he would be asked about the MVP race, and he would like, "Oh, that's up for you guys to decide." Yeah. Like knowing, yeah. like I'm the man. <laughs> now it's like because people are talking about other players, it's like. Yeah, I'd vote for myself. Vote for yeah. myself. It's because, almost like he misses the attention yeah. because everybody knows he's the best player in the world, but doesn't want to vote for him. Like, yeah, it's I, just it's, it's funny. Like, look, it's a, can, it's almost there's like a like a little jealousy factor. Like when he yeah. knows oh, he's going to win, it, it's completely. like ah, whatever, whatever. you know, whatever you guys yeah. decide. I've now got, it's like, well, hey, don't forget about me over here. You know, to to your point, I, it, 
he should he he's got the numbers are the same numbers you know he's he he's right there is is the MVP race really heating up? Like I'm I'm just gonna throw this. Is it well, really like isn't James Harden running away I mean, with this thing and yes, like nobody nobody's gonna touch him but, and he's gonna run away with the award and it'll be LeBron second and Anthony Davis third and Kawhi Leonard fourth because look at how bad the Spurs are without Kawhi Leonard. Well like isn't that in Russ, theory? Russ is almost averaging a triple double. He's got nine point seven rebounds per game. That's his average right now. Twenty five, ten, nine point seven. This is and Harden's award. You to get lose. Harden, who's thirty-eight and five. Plus, the Rockets are the best team in the league. Harden's right now. This is Harden's award. award to lose. But can't you make the argument kind of like LeBron did, where he's like, "Hey, look what I'm doing of course yes. can. with the team that he I can have win it this every year." year. No, LeBron, win it every I'm saying year. with the team I have this year. LeBron, Everyone's been hurt. LeBron, LeBron could and on. should win yeah. every year. He's the best but, player on the planet. He yeah. could win it every year. So yes, you is could it bad business for LeBron to win the MVP every year, though? Yes, why do you think he stopped exactly. winning the MVP? Well, it's exactly. Why do you That's think why do you think Derrick Rose has an MVP in his trophy case? Well, because he people got tired that. people got but people also got tired of giving it to LeBron. Yeah. And it opened the door. But D like, Rose earned that, just like Russ okay, earned but, his last year. I mean you can't, no, you I can't know, average but, a triple double in the NBA and be like, Oh, LeBron, we still know you're the best player in the world. We're just gonna give you the MVP anyway. Like you have to you I have think to the acknowledge Rose one is, uh, you have to acknowledge greatness. And Derrick Rose was fantastic that year. He was all that the Bulls had. So that's all, all right. I got for you boys today. See, you were caught off guard again, Seth. I have it right here. It's in my hand. Still, there was still the awkward pause. It's you in had my to turn. Hand. I didn't it... know that was it. I thought we were taking a break and coming back. Well, we do have to take we a break. We do have to take a break, but you have to do the read. That was today's business brought to you by Grossman St. Amore CPAs located in downtown Syracuse. Grossman St. Amore CPAs provides businesses and individuals tax planning and tax preparation services and strategies to help minimize your tax liabilities. Learn more about how Grossman St. Amour CPAs can optimize the financial opportunity for your business online at gsacpas.com. This is a daily struggle, and I'm I'm not giving I up my time. Delegate binder <laughs> duties like, to me. This is like how Sal used to wear headphones at work, and it would drive me nuts because I would call his name, and he would not hear me, and I'd have to throw things at him. This is along those same lines, Seth. I am not giving up this fight. One of these days, you're going to have it right in front of you, and you're going to nail the read right when we're done with the uh, with the segment. No, we got to take our final time out. If we're you back say after so, this. it won't happen.